Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Esports Network podcast in partnership with Reuters. As always, I'm your host, Mitch Reams, and today we're talking sim racing. To do that, I have a bona fide expert, Dimitri Costco, the CEO of Motorsport Games. Dimitri, thanks for joining the show. Thank you for having me on, Mitch. As CEO of Motorsport Games, Dimitri has led the way on the NASCAR Heat Evolution and the eNASCAR Heat Pro League. He's also overseeing the company's media network. Today, we're going to be talking about the massive popularity of eNASCAR, bringing esports to an older generation, but mostly focusing on the ongoing virtual 24 hours of Le Mans. Le Mans is one of the most famous races in the world. It's named after the French city, where the first race was held in 1923, and the goal is to simply cover the most possible distance in 24 hours. This year, the race was postponed until September due to the coronavirus pandemic, and now, during the annual dates of the race, the focus will be on a virtual Le Mans with drivers from Porsche Esports, Velocity Esports, Williams Esports, and Team Redline. The teams will be composed of four drivers, two sim racers, and two professional drivers, which bridges the gap between motorsports and esports. Each driver will have to go for a minimum of four hours and a maximum of seven hours over the 24 hours. Qualifiers have just started today, and the official race will begin on June 13th at 3 p.m., French time, which is 6 a.m. here where I am on the West Coast. Dimitri, how's that for a preview? Did I miss anything? No, that sums it up very, very well. I'm incredibly excited for this race. I'm a big motorsports guy, and I've been watching a lot of sim racing during the coronavirus pandemic, as have so many other people. What has been crazy about these last two months, it feels like sim racing is having just a massive moment in not just the gaming world, but actually transcending beyond that and connecting with audiences that never watched video games before in, in the past. You, you know, you bring up a great point. And uh, the unfortunate things that are happening around the world with the pandemic actually gave an opportunity to shine a light on something that was there, but was missing uh, sort of the proper spotlight. And what forced it is you have these official races that were scheduled to take places and uh, everybody was prepared to either participate, either to watch it, either to attend it. And all of that came to kind of a screeching halt. So uh, one of the things uh, that uh, happened is these promoters, right, these franchise holders uh, like NASCAR, for example, uh, needed to find an alternative way to keep the attention alive of their fans, far and foremost, right? And then the teams, the sponsors, etc. And all of a sudden, the eSport uh, part was able to take advantage of it because it's, it's been there. It's been kind of hiding in the shadows of the actual sports. And this sort of pandemic, when uh, the, the object that's there creating the shadow is no longer there, all of a sudden, that sun starts shining on the actual uh, eSport event. Certainly. And it seemed like NASCAR moved way quicker and motorsport games in general moved very quickly after races were canceled. It was only about a week or two later that they'd announced mass events and were broadcasting those events to millions of viewers. So really an interesting and quick adjustment from a lot of the motorsport companies. When you look at virtual Le Mans, what are the unique things that come with an endurance race as a, as a virtual event? Uh, you know, this endurance race is going to push so many limits that were not pushed before. Um, obviously, traditionally, the 24-hour Le Mans uh, is a race that tests the drivers, endurance, the teams, uh, engineering, that uh, the vehicle technology, etc. 
Uh, and that's where a lot of great uh, technologies that we use today, like the disc brakes, generated from those type of events. This time of us putting on the virtual event, now we're, we're testing another dimension to this, which is the endurance of the eSport technology, right? The endurance of remote connections, the things that were not necessarily engineered to be uh, for such 24 hours continuously happening. We have more than we have 200 drivers that are part of this event. They're racing on 170 simulators across 36 countries for 24 hours. That has not been done. This is literally the biggest motorsport esport event that's ever been put together. And because of the pandemic situation, because that spotlight that we talked about earlier, all of a sudden this gives an ability for the drivers to understand, that the sim racers to understand, the teams, the manufacturers, and even the sponsors, that this type of venue, uh, a virtual venue, is now an option. Absolutely. It definitely feels like sim racing. We've had a lot of podcasts over the last two, three months is, okay, what's temporary amidst the pandemic, like all these athletes playing playing video games? And what are permanent takeaways? And I've had Manny Onicle on a couple times. And we both feel like sim racing is a genre that already existed prior prior to this pandemic, no doubt, but is going to take a much larger piece of the pie going forward after the pandemic, just because it's so incredibly popular. I want to yeah. get back to, to Le Mans again, but I'm curious, why do you think sim racing has been so successful in places that other sports simulation games have kind of struggled? NBA 2K League, Madden... Uh, FIFA does pretty well, but those sports sims have kind of struggled to gain footholds in the esports world. What makes sim racing so unique? Short answer, controls. It's the only type of esports that shares the same type, type of controls, the controllers actually, what you play with as the real world. If you think about FIFA, if you think about NBA, etc., you know, you don't necessarily as a gamer or somebody that's inspires to be the gamer or content creator, you don't necessarily start believing that you could be good on the field by being good on the joystick, so to speak, right? But if you're a sim racer, if you are sharing the same controls like steering wheel, pedals, sometimes shifters, etc., as the real world drivers do, that just strikes a different emotional chord. And I think that's one of the reasons why sim and driving genre, gaming driving genre, is actually currently on the rise and will continue to be in the future. It's incredibly interesting. And that's a great point is the innate skill of the drivers when you're following these people and they're amazing at driving cars and then they play the video game and that naturally translates. That's something that no other esport has. I didn't think about it from that perspective. You're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And the interesting part, now you have sim drivers, right, that have been practicing and playing these type of simulators for a long time, all of a sudden could really compare themselves to real life athletes, these professional drivers that are getting big sponsorship endorsements, that are getting big exposures, right? All of a sudden, the sim driver could relate. They could literally start comparing themselves. And in some scenarios, as silly as I might sound, Sometimes sim drivers are faster than real drivers, right? Because they don't have that uh, fear that the real driver does have when they drive a real car and they know uh -huh. crashing there is not a matter of pressing a reset button. <laughs> There's a lot more to it. Uh, so in some scenarios, sim drivers with being less fearful, 
of some of the consequences of of the of the crashes um, are actually surpassing physical drivers. But you could see how real world drivers and and perhaps it's okay that we classify them as, as such just to give a distinction how they're also migrating to the sim world so it's not just going from sim to real it's from real to sim and you can see the likes of london norris and others who are really embracing the gaming world right the the streaming community and starting to understand that aspect too so it's exciting to see uh, motorsport industry uh, getting uplifted by esports, and in these situations, in a sense, uh, getting replacing some physical events with esports, but also the motorsport industry starting to pay attention closer to the sim and the driving games as a genre as something that the worlds could mesh with. It's incredibly interesting, and it does definitely feel very mutually beneficial to have both those things: the sim racing appeals to a younger demo, although also is appealing to an older demo during this time. It's your point about how the sim racers, the people that only race sims, don't are can be more aggressive as they drive. It's so interesting as you think about a driver, even if you're like, okay, I'm playing a video game, I can I can take this corner hard, it there's still that thing in your head like, okay, I can't crash. <laughs> it's like a reflex, right? Yeah. Memory. It's, <laughs> When you spend hours upon hours, days of your life out on the track like that, you can't just turn that switch off that warns you of that danger. You're you're absolutely right. This is why the, the real danger is when you put one of those sim drivers that, let's call them cocky to some extent, in, in a real vehicle, right, and start going into the real uh, racer's world. Because you just don't know if they're able to turn on that same fear factor, which is could be, you know, injury saving for them. Oh, good point. It's really interesting. When we talk about these teams, each one of these teams in Le Mans is two professional drivers and two sim racing drivers. We talked about how sim racers can be a little more aggressive. What are some of the other differences in how they approach the race and how they play off of each other as they transition back and forth? Like, who's going to be a closer generally? How how does this uh, how are the team dynamics playing out as you combine drivers with sim racers? You, you know, this is an amazing part because it becomes first time there's such a big blank canvas for a, such a brand as a Le Mans 24 hour, right? So you have teams that are not even sure who takes the lead on the suggestions when it comes to strategy, right? You have the drivers talking to the sims and the sims talking to the drivers because Neither the Sims have necessarily participated in such an endurance race, and neither did the drivers have participated in a Sim for such long periods of time and know how the uh, driver change dynamics would go. Like you say, who closes? Who begins? How does this all work out to make, give them a, a better advantage than the other teams? And on top of this, you have real manufacturers that are competing in this virtual event. You know, you have the Ferraris of the world. Right. All of a sudden they're Ferrari and Ferrari has to feel like they're doing everything possible to represent their brand correctly. So besides the fact that they're bringing their best of the best drivers like Charles Leclerc, right, etc., cetera, uh, you have training sessions that are happening at the factory. You have even at the Ferrari Museum, they're streaming this race tomorrow. <laughs> this is this is how important this is to them. I give you even another antidote that Charles Leclerc just canceled his appearance 
to an actual virtual GP race, right? He's a Formula One driver. He canceled that appearance where he was going to claim to be a champion and gave up that championship to somebody else to just practice more for this Le Mans race. This has never been done. This has never been heard. And this is something that teams, the drivers, the sim drivers uh, are, are taking very serious. It's so, so cool to see them taking it seriously. As we look at all the other sports sims that have had competitions, the athletes are competitive, of course, like in the NBA 2K uh, competition, the pit players against the players, Madden competitions, but they're not taking it as seriously as the drivers I've watched do it. And we mentioned you mentioned the similarities, the controls, uh, the different things that make it feel so natural. As as fans of of motorsport games, I feel like there's been a really wide ranging acceptance of these events and of these broadcasts. Why do you think fans have so naturally been like, yeah, this is great i really enjoy watching this is it the format of the event just the the similarities the driver skill i think we've touched on a lot of these things but the viewership numbers have been absolutely staggering for e-nascar blowing out every other uh e-sport event that happened on broadcast tv over the last over the pandemic i i think there's multiple contributions to to that type of success first of all you're right nascar was very quick to pivot and and take advantage of the unfortunate situation right and we've been running the nascar heat pro league for some time we're in second season and we even see viewership numbers there it's a multiple of previous seasons so not only that they're quick to adapt they're actually attracting their real world drivers the real world celebrities right the ones that the viewers inspire to and the fact that you could have a real world driver or a nascar driver there showcasing their skill on a similar equipment that somebody could do at home right when they pick up their xbox or playstation 4 or one of those or even pc and they know that they could play the nascar game like nascar heat that we produce and then they see one of these professional drivers playing the same game, all of a sudden they could relate and they could see, wait a minute, I want to see how uh, uh, Brad Kozlowski does, right? I want to see how I compare to him on the track, on the virtual track. So I think it just strikes that different emotional chord and that allows more viewership uh, out there to be attracted because now, not, not, now it's not the, let's call it, elderly that's bringing the youngsters to introduce them to the sport i think it's the other way around now that's happening where the 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 younger generation is bringing the elderly and saying look 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 uh, th these drivers are playing the same game that you told me to turn off because i was playing so much on it <laughs> it's it's incredible you mentioned that older demo and it's one of the really interesting things that we cut we talked a lot about with with manny onicle on the podcast is that the many of these eNASCAR viewers are over the age of 55, and it's safe to say that's not the esports demo. As the NFL, the NBA, the NHL all embrace their sports simulations, they're all trying to capture the younger demo. Here, NASCAR is, and the people watching are already fans of the sport and of an older demo. So, do you think this is opening up wider possibilities in? that demographic of people to the world of competitive video games where they finally see this and they're like, oh, I get it now? Absolutely. I think it's a multi-generation, first of all, multi-generation sport. But the fact that the participation in the sport is to the next level with the point of having games in your living room, 
I think that just brings even those multi-generation closer and blends those lines. So you're no longer just thinking gaming community as younger or the sport itself maybe older. This is everybody coming together. This is now a family sport and therefore you know you have the averages are starting to skew towards the older demographic in comparison to you know let's say Fortnite. you, you know you're not going to blend in a lot of the older folks to be watching it because some quite honestly just don't get it but they do get the nascar sport they do get the Le Mans sport right they grew up with those type of sports and now joining together with their kids or others right allows that kind of a a, a different type of uh, gathering. Absolutely. I, I got to say, I've had so many more people. I've, you know, I have plenty of my parents, my parents' friends know I'm in the esports and gaming world. And generally the answer is I don't really get it. And <laughs> besides Ninja appearing on a bunch of late night TV shows, I have had more of those random texts being like, wow, I'm watching this sim racing thing. And this is really awesome from right. people of that generation. It just feels like it's bridged a gap that no other esport competition was able to do in the past. Yes, and I think the driving category, the sim category, right, the one that we're predominant in, uh, helps with the understanding of it, right? Because the driving is easier to understand than some of these others right out there. And also, it's it's more, let's call it family-friendly, right? It's not necessarily the shooter category that some folks might be uncomfortable um, participating even from the viewership point of view, right? But when it comes to driving, everybody gets it. The entertainment is there. The excitement is there. The The real world, let's call it celebrities or the heroes are there. They're all part of the story. So I think it just, again, I bring it back. It just strikes a different emotional chord for the whole spectrum of gamers and viewers and content creators around this. It really does. And the response, again, with viewership well over a million dollars, or a million dollars, a million viewers uh, consistently for each of the eNASCAR events, compared to the other games that were on TV, we saw some in the 100 to 200,000. I think NBA 2K peaked around 400,000. So eNASCAR was really in a league of its own when it came to putting esports on broadcast TV. And it really feels like it made a lot of advancements in how people see esports and how broadcast tv sees the opportunity in it when you look at that i think i want to end this podcast on some of the the lasting takeaways but first i want to get back into the games themselves and the technical nature of it we mentioned how the drivers and the players are controlling it and it's very similar to the actual driving when we look at the game itself and the physics between cars do you think there's an added element of realism that happens in sim racing because it's car to car contact and not human to human, something that's very difficult to animate in a way that feels natural to the game itself. Is it easier to get cars into a place where it's like, oh yeah, that feels very similar to watching a real life race? Sure. Again, because a lot of people in the world understand what the car mechanics are right? How a car is supposed to behave when it crashes into a wall, how a car is supposed to behave when it gets hit by another car. Uh, some of those dynamics, the, the war type of dynamics, thank goodness, a lot of people did not get a chance to witness, right? And we praise the heroes that, that do. But in the car part, you know, when you get behind a steering wheel, how it's supposed to react, you drive on the road. So I think that relationship helps understand of how it should behave and 
brings to the entertainment and the validation, oh, this is real. This is closer to what I would have understand it. So it blends the lines of, is this a virtual world or a real world? Because I see the things that I would expect to see should I be watching it out of my window. Yeah, with current graphics right now, you watch the game and on a glance, it looks like it could be a real race. Like there isn't a ton of things that immediately indicate that it's a video game until you watch closer and you see some of the cuts. But from a right. just from a viewership perspective, it feels so similar to watching a race. You're right. You're right. And and motorsport games focuses on these official franchises, right? We did the uh, esports for Formula E. We did the esports for uh, World Rally Cross, the WRX, uh, NASCAR. You're already aware of doing the Le Mans one, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we're the go-to place for these franchises. So we get to see a lot of the uh, behind-the-scenes comments, the behind-the-scenes stats, and you'd be shocked. You having folks out there watching this, and they are constantly confusing. Is this a real Formula E race? Is this really the rally cross? Like, uh, really? And and to add to that confusion, they're seeing the drivers that they're used to seeing in those worlds, right? So not only that they're confusing it because, like you said, graphics and how real it, it seems, but also they're confusing it because the same folks are driving the cars, right? So it, it, it's really exciting and really amazing to have finally uh, a proper spotlight going on onto how exciting the driving and the sim esports could be. And I think it's only, you know, just starting. It's a launch pad. I do believe as the gaming genre, it's very underutilized. I think it's very underprivileged. I think the more folks get a chance to experience, and I think the NASCAR testament to that, then the popularity will grow. And I think we'll only see driving genre become one of the top, if not the top genre of the gaming out there. We're well on our way. I mean, the the record for viewership for esports events is held by Riot Games at 1.7 million, and many of the eNASCAR events were well up there. What was the highest? I know there was quite a few over a million. I think I saw 1.4. What was the the highest viewership? Do you have that? Um, yes. You, let's just say you're you're correct. You're okay. you're around the right numbers, so NASCAR likes to be the ones to be the uh, to tell that story. So I'll I'll give them ability to wave their flag um, as we power some of those things. Uh, but I I must tell you, if we go back for just a second on this twenty four hour Le Mans virtual, and the announcements that we have put out just a couple of days ago, the even the linear television reach is going to be over four hundred million homes will get this on linear alone, not to mention OTT and everything else. So can you imagine, even if we take for a second, a comparison where NASCAR was able to do with Fox Sport, right? And what something like Le Mans will be able to do if you just compare the reach of one linear channel versus around the globe, right? Over the, the most popular physical race in the world. I think we're going to see some record-breaking numbers come through this weekend. Wow, I'm I'm incredibly excited, and it's it's a great point too. The 24-hour race provides this really unique format where everyone can watch it. You can tune in whenever you want over 24 hours and watch the event. While the event starts at 3 p.m. French time and ends obviously <laughs> at the same time the next day. At any point, you could tune in to watch it. I think I might have to get up early to watch the the final stretch. <laughs> 
it's a bit early for me, but I'll, I'll have to do it just because I'm, I'm really interested in how this event plays out. You have to see Tony Parker called to start their virtual engines. <laughs> I'm, I'm super excited. And you're right. I was doing the research for this pod and I was like, wow, this is being covered everywhere. Every single place that does motorsports coverage is covering this. And it, it's just a testament to how well the actual, the real life world has embraced sim racing. And it's not something that's happened for any other simulation for many of the reasons we've talked about. You're, you're absolutely right. An additional thing, I think the driving genre itself is a very international genre, right? Some folks might understand and maybe gravitate or maybe label NASCAR as more of a U.S. sport or uh, Formula One more of a European, right? This particular event that we're doing is truly a global reach event, right? Besides just a linear distribution, the OTT distribution, like you said, anybody in the esports space is aware of this. The motorsport space is aware of this. Our sponsors are coming in from all over. Safest, right? The the Saudi Kingdom is sponsoring this event. This just gives you a, a, a you know a preview of how much a driving genre could be a universal esport, right? Similar to math as a universal language, right? Everybody understands it no matter on which language. So I believe that something like a Le Mans 24 hour virtual event that we're putting on is something that will resonate uh, with global audience, regardless of what time they tune in, like you said. Absolutely. Let's talk about some of the sponsors as well. While this started as, okay, wait, there's not races. We have to create something for sponsors. There are so many unique opportunities that arise in these worlds. What are some of the unique things that come for sponsors and for brands that want to get involved that sim racing adds on top of maybe what they were already doing in the racing world? Uh, you know, it's very interesting that you see uh, real world brands uh, utilizing esports as an opportunity to tell their story, right? Um, I was just looking with my team, uh, Michelin as one of the sponsors that are uh, sponsoring our Le Mans 24 Hours. Uh, they're literally tweeting and posting and saying how they're providing virtual tires to us, right? And how uh, because of the dynamics of the game, what are the type of wearing that uh, they need to pay attention to? and what type of settings the tires need to have and what type of model of, of virtual tires they have to provide. It's amazing how uh, brands like that are able to uh, cross the boundaries of, of the real world and physical world, uh, which it's not just a matter of uh, a branding opportunity. It's, a, it's an opportunity to tell the uniqueness of those brands, right? You have high level brands uh, the Rolexes of the world, etc. that are just uh, re relating to this massive global audience that are attaching themselves to something as high-end as this. And I think another thing um, that we didn't touch on, but that's important, especially in these times, these esport platforms became a great charity opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. We have... Um, her Royal Highness of uh, Princess Charlene of Monaco Foundation as part of this, uh, which will be holding a charity uh, during this event to help the COVID situation around the world, right? So not only that this is a, a worldwide platforms 
for brands to tell an interesting tie-in to a real world or kind of their unique aspects of it, this also becomes an amazing platform for charities to also relate and deliver their message as to what's important. Yeah, especially in these really tough times to provide some sort of competition while also giving back due to the world. It's a great thing that esports has been able to do. It's happened across a variety of genres, a variety of esports, it's been a lot of giving back. And it's been awesome to see that you know esports can continue and they are giving back as all the sports leagues in the world negotiate over player salaries and how much they do it. <laughs> esports have been able to continue and give back during that time, which has been a good thing to see for the industry as a whole. And we're glad to be in the middle of it and allow that stage uh, for those that need to be heard and need to be seen uh, to do what they need to do. So, and I think it's it's very important to provide that proper entertainment, uh, 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 fulfill the cause that we're trying to fulfill, and just just bring excitement during these times, right? I think we're we're in a need to kind of understand that the the world goes on. Here's what's uh, what's additionally happening there, um, and it's great to see uh, an esport platforms out there spreading that message throughout. It absolutely, it, it absolutely is. Uh, I think this is a good time to to wrap on this as we look towards the future. And sim racing was a growing genre, a big one, and then the coronavirus put this increased spotlight on it. What takeaways do you think we have a few years down the line? It really does feel like sim racing is here to stay. Uh, but as things return to some semblance of normalcy over the next few years, what role do you think sim racing plays in the greater racing ecosystem going forward? I think it plays a massive role. Uh, we see this uh, as the spotlight has been uh, exposing what esport in a sim genre could do. I don't think you could take that back from the consumer. Once they experience, once the viewers, the fans have experienced the excitement of watching an esport event, a motorsport esport event, I don't think you could take that excitement away. So every one of the uh, franchises out there, NASCARs, Formula E's of the world, Le Mans, for that matter, they all will be making sure that they're turning to somebody like Motorsport Games to help them facilitate these things in parallel to their events. And I think that adds an additional, not just audience, not just entertainment, uh, but additional engagement for the entire industry. Right, it's additional platform for those brands to tell their message. It's additional platform for the drivers and the teams to test different type of skill set, different type of technology. Right, it just broadens the whole spectrum of an entire industry. So I, I truly, truly believe it's here to stay and only to even expand on because some things you could do in a virtual world could become a test bed for the real world. Right, whether it's virtual locations, uh, whether it's a uh, type of vehicles that you could test, right? And see how it behaves, how it resonates with the viewers, what brings the most excitement, right? With the fans. So I think the eSport platform could possibly be even at the forefront and kind of um, something that the industry pays attention to as they then later amplified in a real world. I was about to ask about that as a testing ground for features and for things like that as technology has progressed so much and the sim racing actually resembles what's happening on real racetracks very closely. 
there's the possibility of implementing, oh, okay, we want to try this new tire, this new car, this new engine, whatever it is, but we don't want to necessarily jump right into replacing it in a physical world, but we'll start in sim racing. And there's this, like this area of experimentation there that could lead to the real world. It's a really awesome feature of the esports thing and virtual locations, new features, new cars. It's such a great thing to have in sim racing and have that testing ground uh, for real for the biggest racing companies. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Super exciting for OEMs to try out their things, the manufacturers of, of different vehicles, right? You could do things in the in the virtual world that uh, breaks the physical geographical boundaries, right? Think about the fact of uh, one driver could be participating in one race series, one virtual race series in the morning, and then they could be in the evening participating in another one. In the physical world, those things are not possible, right? In the virtual world, the driver could literally reload a different type of series and participate. So I think that there's going to be uh, an evolution of the sport and the unitement of of the audience throughout the globe. So it's going to be an interesting time ahead. I'm incredibly excited for it. It wasn't a genre I was paying a ton of attention to, and now is quickly rose in the ranks of one of my favorite esports to watch consistently. I'm a big Rocket League guy, so I always was enjoying vehicle physics in my esports, and now there's even more in-depth, and the racing has just been really, really awesome to watch. So, Dimitri, I want to give you a chance to plug Motorsport Games. We've talked about all the unique work they're doing, really leading the way in sim racing in so many different ways. Uh, can you plug what the company's working on now, what's coming up? You know, Le Mans virtual right now, of course. But but say a little bit about Motorsport Games and what you guys do. So, Motorsport Games is actually a game developer, publisher, and an esport platform. So we talked about a lot of these official franchises turning to us to help them facilitate esports. That's definitely one of those things that uh, we became the go-to place. Uh, but we also are actually building games in-house that would enhance that esport experience over time. So we are the official game developers and publisher of the NASCAR games, the ones that you see today in the store uh, for the PlayStation, for the Xbox, for the PC, soon to come out on Switch and others, as well as mobile games. So I think it's a interesting part that it's not just uh, the fact that we facilitate esports to a next level of entertainment, but we're actually embedding some of this underlying technology into the games to increase that entertainment level another notch, another notch. So that's what makes motorsport games a little different than maybe anybody else out there or maybe a traditional game developer or even publisher is that we build our game products with the esports in mind would a virtual 24-hour endurance race have been possible a few years ago when you like there's so many things that go into being an endurance race the wear on the tires it has to be realistic to make it engaging you talk about how the tech has evolved over the last few years to make this type of event possible like when do you think you would have first been able to do an endurance race and a racing video game that now is going to be such a massive event uh, when it's hard to put a pulse on it, uh, I, I, I'm still not sure that we're still ready. <laughs> I think, I think yep. tomorrow we're going to be really testing the boundaries of the game, uh, engine here. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate we didn't get a chance to create this cause it takes a long time. So we're leveraging our partners, uh, studio 397, which have the R factor two game, 
uh, to do this. But just like us from facilitating these eSport events, uh, for them, it's literally testing the boundaries of the loads and the speeds. And I think the the recent uh, cloud infrastructures uh, that that allows some next level of scalability, that has helped. The computer processing power has definitely helped. Uh, but, you know, we're really going to know tomorrow if it can withstand <laughs> the biggest possible endurance there is. And to be honest with you, if something doesn't go wrong, I might be surprised. <laughs> Valid point. That's that's when when you start a new thing. I mean, the the history of Le Mans has plenty of technical difficulties throughout it, and so when the first virtual one, I'm sure there's going to be some things that happen, but it'll be a learning experience for everyone, and viewership should be really high. I imagine with that worldwide audience, hopefully with the investment, the success of sim racing over the last few months, we see a lot more investment into that scalability into the tech. And it allows companies like Motorsport Games to really do some awesome things with the tech in the in the coming years. I'm I'm super excited for the for the whole genre and for Motorsport Games and their future. We are as well. We are as well. <laughs> Fantastic. So be sure to tune in to the virtual Le Mans. Honestly, you've never seen anything like it. It's going to be really you literally never have. It, it's never happened. So <laughs> you're gonna see some really incredible things uh, coming up this weekend again that starts at 3 p.m french time tomorrow saturday june 13th make sure i get my dates right yeah saturday june 13th running all the way 24 hours until 3 p.m french time june 14th on sunday again that's uh 6 a.m pt start and end 9 a.m et but be sure to turn it on if you're if you're listening to this podcast tomorrow it'll be up on friday you're listening to it just flip over to Le Mans right now and you'll be able to watch the racers go at it and it'll be pretty awesome so thank you so much Dimitri for joining the show it was a great talk and you really enjoyed learning more about the upcoming event and all the cool work that Motorsport Games is doing Mitch it's a real pleasure I listen to your podcast all the time I really enjoy it thank you I appreciate that I appreciate that well I'm gonna have to get to one of the events soon maybe maybe check out the company soon it was great talking to you I'm glad we could have you on it's a topic I've wanted to cover for a long time and I hope you enjoyed it uh for our listeners I really hope you enjoyed this look at sim racing and this really growing esports genre all the cool things happening in that scene definitely thank you very much for the opportunity